Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The 13th most popular movie quote comes from Love Story, Eric Siegel's romantic drama starring Ryan O'Neill and Ally McGraw. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Perhaps like some of you, I carried that quotation through my teenage years like a question, more like a koan than a talisman. I assumed I was missing something. It didn't occur to me that it just isn't true. (laughs) For the record, you heard it here. It's not true. Love means having to say you're sorry over and over again. I invite you to join me this morning in an exploration of the art of the apology. Let's begin with another koan, a mystery worthy of our deep consideration, brought to us by A Course in Miracles. Paraphrased, it asks, would you rather be happy Or would you rather be right? Obviously, happy and right are not always mutually exclusive. But when it's one or the other, the victory of right at the expense of happiness is a pyrrhic victory. I have racked my brains for a situation in which I would rather be right and miserable and I cannot surface even one example. A Course in Miracles suggests we use this affirmation, I could see peace instead of this. Author Gabrielle Bernstein comments, we have many obstacles that get in the way of our peace, so we must commit to letting go of petty resentments, victim mentality, and fear. Choosing happiness is a full-time job. I love to ask happily married couples for their secrets. Our friend Maurice, married for almost 25 years, says, just say, whatever makes you happy, dear. (laughs) But what to do when the wheels come off? Let's take murder off the table and all those soul-searing situations in which it may not be possible to trust again or love again, whether or not we can forgive. What about everyday garden variety messiness? When there's a miscommunication, disagreement, misstep, blunder, or outright offense, how do we restore relationships with our intimate partners families, friends, co-workers, neighbors, even strangers. How do we make it right? 
Actress April Winchell says, I can wholeheartedly apologize for not being at all sorry. I don't recommend this. <laughs> Let us revisit the nine magic words that could change the world. These come to us from my friend, Buddhist teacher, Sylvia Borstein. If you're new to the nine magic words, here's your initiation. For the rest of us, here's a refresher. Please join me. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. I'm not kidding. This is actually the prototype for the perfect apology. And if you're the one who needs an apology in order to move forward in a relationship, you can teach the nine magic words that could change the world. Let's say them again. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. Stress management expert Ross Bonander went to a lot of trouble to write a piece called Four Steps, Make a Sincere Apology, especially for those who find it odious to say, I'm sorry. He's speaking to those for whom admitting a mistake is a very tough pill to swallow. It's all about humiliation and shame. If you might just rather be right than happy, this is for you. Ross Bonander's step one, take responsibility for your actions. I typed fake responsibility for your actions. <laughs> Not. <laughs> this is about eating it, the whole thing. People want to see us own our mistakes, he says. It sets the tone and creates the momentum for an entire sincere apology. He identifies the time when everything begins to get better as that moment when the person who's apologizing admits to exactly what they did wrong, owning the whole thing with regret and remorse, galloping into repentance. Stick to I, he says, as in, I made a mistake. And whatever you do, don't let the next word be but. <laughs> As in, but you also blew it. Or worse, but you drive me crazy. Or worst, but you made me do it. <laughs> this is your apology. We, you, I are sorry. We take the first step when we take responsibility for our actions. Step two, acknowledge the repercussions. Ross Bonander writes, get past your ego and any residual defensive posturing to confront your mistake and concede to the repercussions with an unimpeachably honest assessment of the damage. I know I embarrassed you with that joke. I understand that my showing up late to the meeting cost us the job. I get that I ruined dinner with my rudeness. In step two, whatever you do, don't say if, as in, I'm sorry if you got offended. Step three, ask for forgiveness or offer redress. In other words, clean it up. If you can fix what you did wrong, don't ask for forgiveness before you've straightened out your mess. If you can't correct the situation, you can't take back something you said or undo something you did, 
Then after you've completed the first two steps, taking responsibility and acknowledging the repercussions, ask for forgiveness. And here's my favorite step. This is Ross Bonander's step four. Stop talking. <laughs> Let it end. Don't ruin an apology with an excuse. Now that you've gotten naked and vulnerable with your apology, don't busy yourself rearranging your fig leaf. Don't mitigate your mistake by trying to squeeze in the last word and save face. You will, he says, detonate the first three steps and torpedo the whole apology. Here's what not to say. Come on, cut me some slack. Everybody makes mistakes. Even you have to admit you can be a difficult person. Let's take the leap now from high-wire apologies to the concept of making amends. Making amends is an apology on steroids. Central to ongoing recovery from addiction, both steps eight and nine of the 12 steps call for amends making. It is central to all of us living happy, peaceful, and free. John McDougall, director of spiritual guidance at Hazelden, says that making amends has to do with restoring justice as much as possible, to restore that which we have broken or damaged, or to make a symbolic restoration when we can't do it directly. Making amends is not just apologizing for stealing money from someone to buy drugs. Making amends is getting off drugs and repaying the money with interest. On the other hand, John McDougall says, making amends is not running home to your spouse and saying, gee, honey, I learned all about rigorous honesty and addiction treatment, so I want to apologize to you for an affair I had five years ago. That's clearing your conscience at someone else's expense. They're going to feel terrible. In this case, your amends can be indirect. Stop having affairs and bring your heart your energy, and your attention back home where they belong. Sometimes he continues, people talk about living amends. That simply means that we live differently. Amends are about a genuine change in our behavior instead of the patchwork of an apology. We take on a whole new way of life. We stop accumulating fresh insults to ourselves and others. John McDougall concludes, if we've continually harmed people, then we've got a lot of people, places, and things to avoid. Large areas of life become closed off to us. When we're willing to make amends, those areas open up again. We don't have to avoid people anymore. When we bring justice back into our lives by making amends, we will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. Making amends begins with an apology. Let's review. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. I'm thinking about world-changing apologies, apologies made on the world stage, Think of some famous and infamous apologies. 
President Bill Clinton, Reverend Jimmy Swaggart, basketball's Kobe Bryant, actor Mel Gibson, Reverend Ted Haggard, actor Michael Richards, Olympian Marion Jones, Senator Larry Craig, Governor Elliot Spitzer, and logging in the longest public apology at 13 and a half minutes, golfer Tiger Woods. Did these apologies change the world? Before we answer no, consider a quote from journalist Bob Woodward. He said, Nixon's grand mistake was his failure to understand that Americans are forgiving. And if he had admitted error early and apologized to the country, he would have escaped. Two years after Love Story, Ryan O'Neill starred across from Barbara Streisand in a comedy called What's Up, Doc? At the close of the film, Barbara Streisand's character bats her eyelashes and intones, love means never having to say you're sorry. And Ryan O'Neill's character responds, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> Beloved spiritual companions, Love means having to say you're sorry over and over again. Would you rather be happy or would you rather be right? Let's say it. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. Let's take responsibility for our actions acknowledge the repercussions of our choices, ask for forgiveness or offer redress, and stop talking. Above and beyond apology, may we make amends and restore justice. May we all be happy, peaceful, and free.